in the top five, Matt. Woo-wee! Bob Johnson here, Brickhouse. Matt Baker here, also Brickhouse. And we're uh, we're ranking one of my favorite teams, number five or number four out west? Yeah, number four out west. The Houston Rockets. Man, they are good. They are really good. We were just talking about how this is probably their best team in 20 years. But before we get into that, I want to tell you why the Rockets are like Quentin Tarantino. Oh, man. Bring it on. They're really good, but outside of their you know fans, I think powers that be don't want to acknowledge that these guys are the best. You know, There's just something about them. It's not because they don't think they have talent, because they think they do. It's just there's something just off-putting about them, you know? The way they uh, the way they play basketball or the way they make movies. You know, Quentin Tarantino, it's like he's glorifying himself while mocking others who attempt to, to make movies in a conventional way. Sort of like the Rockets shooting more three-pointers than anybody else, attacking the, attacking the line for free throws, doing only free threes, free throws, and layups. They don't care how it looks. They don't care if it flaunts convention, but they figured this is the best way to play basketball, and that damn it, that's how we're going to do it. I thought you were going to say they remind you of Tarantino movies because they always start playing in the third quarter and then somehow wind up back in the first quarter about halfway <laughs> through the game. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I already said I'm a Rockets fan. I'm also a huge Quentin Tarantino fan, um, but... If you just listen or watch Tarantino in an interview for more than a few minutes, you can understand why he would rub a lot of people the wrong way. Can you watch Tarantino in an interview for more than a few minutes? <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. You know he'd been who's been rubbing people the wrong way for about three years now? Maybe more than any NBA player? Dwight Howard. Oh, man. Dwight Howard, you know. I think if, uh, if we're going to make James Harden part of this Quentin Tarantino comparison, you would say... He's the part of Tarantino that people love, right? They like he's got style, he's got charisma, he's got funk to him. Yeah, he he executes his craft to perfection. He knows how to carry himself. He's a cool guy. He's like the cool guy that Tarantino thinks he is or like wishes he could be. But Dwight Howard represents that part of Quentin Tarantino that you just want to punch in the face. Yeah. You know. <laughs> it's not something that we can even necessarily articulate. I just don't like the guy. Oh, yeah. Some of, some of the things like away from the court are really weird, um, make you think that these guys are weirdos. Dwight Howard, he really likes guns and snakes and collects them. And everything I've ever heard about Tarantino's off-the-court weirdness is mostly about a foot obsession and a propensity for just congratulating himself in public. <laughs> uh, we were talking about it with Bjorn. And he was saying that he might put a bet down for James Harden as the MVP. I really can't imagine James Harden winning the MVP. Sort of like I find it hard to imagine Quentin Tarantino winning Best Director or Best Picture. Unless, you know, either one of them just sort of had one of the best basketball seasons or made one of the greatest movies of all time that you just couldn't deny it, you know. Right. But otherwise, I just don't see the Academy giving Tarantino a movie that has like a hundred N-words in it, the the best picture or seeing James Harden, Khloe Kardashian's boyfriend, yeah. you know, getting on stage to represent right. the National Basketball League. But enough about that. We're going to tell you how we got to this point of having one of the best Rockets teams in decades. Previously on the Houston Rockets. All right, Bob, take it away. This is your team. Let us know how they got here. You know, if we listed every like tiny little trade 
that Daryl Morey made in the past few years to get James Harden, Dwight Howard, and this whole roster together, it would probably take like an hour-long podcast just yeah. in and of itself. But what he did to summarize is buck the system that there's only two ways to win in the league. Right. Uh, one being to be really good and have a bunch of good players and maxed out contracts yeah. and, uh, and try and win the championship that way or to rebuild by tanking and just bottoming out and getting high lottery picks that you hope will develop into all-stars and superstars. Mm -hmm. They rebuilt without tanking for years. It was similar to what your sons are going through now. You know, the Rockets were just a team that would have 47 wins, 48 wins and get ninth in the playoffs, you know, and for a long time, Daryl Morey was called the Billy Bean of basketball because he had these innovative ways of, of analyzing players. But, you know, for all of the articles and, and seminars that are, were centered around the guy, yeah, they weren't even making the playoffs. Right. I right. mean, McGrady and, and Yao Ming era was, was ended early by most, uh, by a lot of injuries to both of them. But at one point, before the James Harden trade, you were as a Rockets fan. I was wondering if Daryl Morey was going to be out of a job and then have a hard time finding a job after that. You know, just because he was so shaking things up. He was shaking when you shake up. something up. If it doesn't work, no one wants to come back to you. And you know, some of the trades he made too, like he got rid of Goran Dragic, he mm -hmm. got rid of Kyle Lowry, and they both went on to be all stars after that. And you know, people thought maybe he's. Uh, you know, not his, his system just isn't working. Right. But anyways, it did work. He uh, was shocked. I read, I heard an interview to find out that James Harden was even available and uh, gave, took the opportunity to, uh, to get him. Yeah. He played better, I think, than Oklahoma or Houston could have expected. And then just a nice chain of events happened where Dwight Howard was uh, really not, not interested in playing with Kobe or trying to live up to the to the heightened expectations of being a big man on the Lakers and went to Houston. And previously, you know, when he was going to be a free agent the year before he decided to stay an extra year in Orlando, he said that Houston was not a team he was interested in. Mm -hmm. That was before they got Harden. So one domino fell, you know, by having Maury with all of these uh, value contracts, just trying to trade, you know, something slightly for slightly more value <clears throat> also became enough assets to, to trade for a guy like James Harden. Then, um, just this past year, they went further in the playoffs than they have in years, all the way to the Western conference finals. I was even at game six of the semis, uh, versus the Clippers when they came back from 19 points down in the fourth right. quarter crazy game i had to text my friend in back home in texas who had already gone to bed thinking the rocket season was over and uh get back in front of the television yeah uh, anyways yeah the clippers are another one of my favorite teams it was it was it was tough but i felt like i really couldn't lose it was a crazy game to be at mm -hmm. but yeah that's that's how the rockets came to be where they are we'll tell you how or what players ended up being on the team from all these great trades by by my hero Daryl Morey, but before that, let's let's briefly talk about the owner of the Houston Rockets. 
Leslie Alexander, and he's he's uh, one of these owners who's not uh, not got a lot of stuff online. He seems to prefer having a private life, and more power to him for that. He bought the Rockets in 1993 at the age of 50 for 85 million dollars, and promptly won two NBA championships. Don't uh, don't downplay those four WNBA championships he won as owner of the Houston Comets. That's right. That's right. With, uh, with uh, what was her name? They had Cheryl Swoops. They had Cheryl Swoops, but she was she was pregnant the first year. It was yeah. actually Cynthia Cooper, Cynthia Cooper, who was the the real star standout. But anyways, yeah, and Alexander, he's been on the Forbes 400 Richest Americans list before. He was a huge investor in uh, the student lender group First Marblehead, but that that stock really tanked in 2008, and it's proven that the Rockets have been his best his best investment. Uh, yeah. In his lifetime. In, I didn't know this, but in 98, he attempted to buy and relocate the Edmonton Oilers. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's, I mean, that's a that's a ballsy move. You got to be a, a ballsy American to go into Canada and try and buy and then relocate the Oilers, who in the 80s, I mean, the Oilers that won, I believe they won four Stanley Cups. They had Gretzky. They had Mark Messier. They had all these players, Edmonton loves their Oilers. So to go in there and attempt to buy and relocate yeah. them, that's uh That's like trying to buy the Mexico City soccer team. Yeah. Move them we're, to Wisconsin. We're gonna go we're gonna go to we're gonna go into the UK, we're gonna buy Manchester United and we're gonna go stick them in Sweden. <laughs> Let's do that. Or worse, Spain. Yeah, but when you think <laughs> when you think about though, the guy the guy had just come off of two NBA titles, two WNBA titles. What I do, I win titles in, so I'm just going to go for it. You yeah. might as well. Yeah, the only other stuff I really saw about him was he owns an exclusive wine club in Bridgehampton, New York. Ooh. It cost $50,000 to join before annual dues. And uh, the Rockets are now worth $1.25 billion, and Leslie Alexander owns 100% of it. Otherwise, he was in the news for buying the most expensive condo in Manhattan a couple of years ago for $42 million, and then two years later, it's on the market for $50 million, Matt. Solid. So I know you've been looking for a, a Manhattan you know, place to crash. Yeah, I just have all this money I just need to throw around. <laughs> he uh, He's a supporter of the Democratic Party and has donated $15,000 in the past 20 years to Democratic candidates. Now, let me say this. You're worth a billion dollars. Yeah, you can't even you can't even get into dinner with George Clooney for fifteen thousand. Yeah, I I have I I haven't donated. Actually, that's the only time I've ever donated to a candidate was my buddy ran in a local election in Arizona and he was a Democrat. So I have donated to Democratic Party. I am about as in terms of my own personal wealth and his. I am just as big a supporter of the democratic party as he is yeah i didn't donate much to my friend but he is a billionaire who donated fifteen thousand dollars over the span of two decades so both leslie alexander and myself are equal supporters of the democratic party me having donated once but That's i guess cool. 
There are there are a cap. I guess there is a cap on personal donations in politics. Yeah, if you want to donate, if you're a billionaire, I have no problem giving all your money to charity rather than fucking politics. I know exactly <laughs> that. So yeah, he it, if you're gonna give money away, give it give it to causes, not not those candidates. Well, let's talk about how deep these rockets are. I think they got a pretty awesome team this year. And now, the starting lineup for your Houston Rockets! I think this offseason they had the best draft and one of the best, if not the best trade Yeah, there was. They, they stole Ty Lawson from the Nuggets. Now, granted, Ty Lawson has some personal issues he has to deal with as far as driving drunk, um, which is a very... <laughs> and they are teaming him up with... A man who has been caught drunk in public more times than Ty Lawson got a DUI this summer in James Harden. Okay, so, so that's gonna be that might be trouble. But road buddy, you're right. But <laughs> again, Maury went in there and got Ty Lawson for what fifty cents on the dollar, if that. Yeah, they it was a a robbery. They also their draft. They got Sam Decker, and then in the second round they took Montrez Harrell, who by some accounts, could have gone over Sam Decker in the draft. Two two pretty good players. Yeah. My, my buddy who's a Rockets fan, though, was asking how much playing time they're going to get, and I don't think much, although I think Harrell will next year when the Rockets inevitably lose Monte Yunus, Terrence Jones, or both of them. Right, or why could you could trade Decker and Harrell for something else. Right, sure. If you Or you can trade... Jones and Harrell for something, or Monte Yunus and Harrell for something. I mean, you don't really have much to upgrade, but they're all they're all within they're all pieces that could be traded. He he got KJ McDaniel's last uh, trade deadline from the Seventy Sixers, and McDaniel's doing well. And McDaniel signed a what three year, ten million dollar deal, so he has yeah. a great deal in today's NBA. They Good are on himself, yeah. Yeah, they are absolute butchers at the free throw line, which is amazing. When they when they when they run out the every now and then Howard Capella Jones trio at the same time, you don't. I mean, I don't think they do that much because you don't want to. But yeah. they they just go up there and they just throw it off the rim. However, James Harden kind of makes up for it because he gets to the line more often than any player. Yeah. and shoots a very high percentage. He, he has he has a way of attracting fouls unlike any player in the league. Is is this this sounds ridiculous, but did he at one point was he shoot he shot more free throws than some teams were? Oh yeah, I wouldn't be surprised it, at all. Yeah, he shot 824 free throws last year. His that, last game of the season versus the Warriors also had 13 turnovers, so I think a lot like Kevin Durant he, I, at least I, I hope as a Rockets fan, yeah. that he comes out with again something to prove this year, and then he hasn't gone soft he, with his two hundred million dollar that Adidas was contract. Such a bummer of a way to end that end his his year. He, but they, I guess that one dude put the curse on him, Lil B or whatever. <laughs> Didn't that well, one... he stole his stir in the yeah. pot? So uh, that signature move. So that guy who has no power to curse anybody. Uh, yeah, so the Rockets lost Josh Smith to uh, to free agency to the Clippers. But last year, despite making the Western Conference Finals, 
They didn't have a starting point guard in Patrick Beverly, who was injured. Right. Uh, Monte Yunus was also not playing. Had a great regular season. I think the you know the reason that I say Jones and him will probably be gone is because in this someone's going to pay a lot of money for Monte Yunus. Both of those guys, I think, yeah. are going to be more than twelve million dollar a year players. Um, Trevor Ariza, solid player. Uh, I was afraid that he might have a. Uh, tailing off after getting a new contract with the Rockets, but he played totally solid. And maybe that's because Corey Brewer also had surprisingly awesome season for the Rockets compared to what he's done in the past, playing a great role um, for helping them win, especially helping them win that game six. And he and he and Josh Smith combined for something like 30 points in the fourth quarter. Right. Well, the good part about Dwight Howard can take comfort in is they may have lost Josh Smith, but they did sign Josh Smith, the uh, the Georgetown Josh Smith. Oh, he was yeah. just uh, he AAU came, teammate as well. Yeah, no, he this Josh Smith was is was AAU teammate of um, Tony Roten. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I I don't think they're going to be special in this regard, but I think they're definitely going to try and woo Kevin Durant. They they want Zoe Deschanel on their team too. Might as well, and. As a Rockets fan and as a, a fan of the podcast, uh, Jalen and Jacoby. Yeah. Last year, or maybe a couple of years ago now, Jalen Rose predicted that Kevin Durant would end up on the Houston Rockets. That, you know, while he's really tight with Westbrook, right. he was more homies uh, on and off the court with James Harden during their time together in Oklahoma City. And I think the presence of Harden. He seems like a uh, fun-loving guy, to say yeah, the least. Yeah, definitely. And that you know he attracted uh, one superstar there already. With the combination of Harden and Maury, you would think that they would be able to attract more. And you know, as a fan, that would be the ultimate team if they had Kevin Durant on this squad. I don't care who you give up, as long as it's not Harden or Howard. And they're immediately the favorites to win the title, in my opinion. Well, James Harden will always have a place in my heart. Not not just because he's the T-shirt I've worn to every <laughs> one of these podcasts. But, I mean, he went to Arizona State. And he the best player to ever play basketball at Arizona State. Yeah. He, he came in. They beat U of A. He played two years at ASU. They beat U of A five times in those two years. Well, last year, let's get into the next segment. Record prediction. Last year, the Rockets snuck up on people and and finished a lot better than most people were expecting. They finished second in the West at fifty six and twenty six. Now, we've been doing these record predictions, and I have all, we have all these Western contenders all clustered together. But I just wanted to point out that it's pretty fair because last year. The Grizz and the Spurs both finished with 55 wins, yeah. and the Clippers and the Rockets both finished with 56. Yeah. So these are still the same four teams that we've got huddled together here uh, and then also throwing in the Thunder into the mix. They're all really good. They're going to beat the shit out of uh, the shitty Eastern Conference right. teams and the Kings and so on, the Lakers. But uh, So 56 and 27 last year. I got them with one more win this year. 57 That's what I was going to say. Yeah, 57. The thing that really scares me the most, the thing that scares me the most as a Rockets fan is is the Kardashian girlfriend. 
James Harden started dating Khloe Kardashian. I heard someone call him James Hardashian oh, the nice. other day. Yeah. And if you look at the track record for professional athletes that the Kardashians have dated, they have not done well. Haven't done well at after all. that. James, I know you like big butts and all, but there's plenty of other women out there, dude. <laughs> Please focus on the season. Yeah. Don't let the Kardashians yeah. ruin your freaking life. Yeah. I, I would have given them the edge over the Clippers, uh, who are my other favorite team. But that that Kardashian X That was factor, enough to swing it. That was That's enough to swing it. Amazing. I gave, I gave them uh, the fifth seed instead of the fourth seed. So we agree then, 57 yep. wins yep. for the Rockets this year. I think we're going to nail a couple of these exactly because we're just guessing the same number for like five teams. <laughs> right. <laughs> you just throw enough, throw enough at the wall, something's going to stick. But let's mention the basketball king, LBJ. What the fuck has anything got to do with LeBron James? Twenty twenty-five mentions of LeBron James at this point. Not enough. <laughs> Not enough. I gotta admit, I'm kind of uh, scraping the bottle, the bottom of the barrel for these LBJ stories. No, no, no. You, it never. The well never runs dry because he's in the news all the time, every day. Um, so to look for stories, sometimes I'll just Google. Okay, LeBron James news. Yeah. LeBron James Charlotte Bobcats. Yeah. You know, just right. To see what comes up. Just to see how he works in with the other teams. This. This one I was preparing, and it was the first time I just Googled LeBron James. Nothing else. And there's all the normal stuff, his Facebook, Twitter page, the most recent ESPN article. But the eighth thing that comes up on Google is a Slate article from June 2014 titled, Why Delonte West is Not in the League. Okay. <laughs> so I think we know this. where this is going. We're going to use this for the LeBron James mention. Okay. Um, it's not going where you think it's going to go because the article was pretty much about how it could be a prejudice against people with mental disabilities is the reason that Delonte right. West is not in the league. Right. And that's, you know, he gets made fun of a lot for the, uh, motorcycle, um, Mary El Mariachi motorcycle ride. He went on where yeah. he strapped yeah, a bunch yeah, of yeah. guns to right. himself, had guns in a guitar case. I had forgotten about that. And, and got, that was great. He got pulled over. Um, and also there was a completely unsubstantiated rumor that uh, the reason LeBron James melted down in the playoffs, his, his last playoff series against the Celtics, the first time he was on the Cavs, the reason he melted down was a completely unsubstantiated rumor that Delonte West was having a sexual relationship with LeBron's mom. Yep. But we're not. I don't think it's cool to make fun of that or to... Uh, say that that's in any way true because we don't know. We don't. But this article did have some Delonte West quotes in it that I thought were hilarious and not mocking his, uh, his possible mental condition. So let's see. Uh, this, is, uh, this is some funny Delonte West quotes for the LeBron James section. Uh, in 2006, West gave a Valentine's Day interview in which he described his ideal date would consist of an evening featuring an all-white wardrobe, a yacht, and Popeye's chicken. <laughs> uh, a few years later, he was on Jim Rome's TV show. Mm -hmm. uh, he was describing his rookie teammate's failure to get him three dozen hot Krispy Kreme donuts. Hot 
in my bag. <laughs> quote, quote, trains, planes, and automobiles. West tells donuts. one of the rookies <laughs> offering him some traveling options. You better have my donuts. I, I <laughs> listened to Jim Rome a lot around that time. Uh-huh. And that, I remember hearing that. And that was a, he, at Rome got years of stuff off that. Yeah. Yeah. And he also did a hot sauce in my bag because he likes hot sauce. So he Delonte. did. A, yeah. So he did a song about hot sauce in my bag. Yeah. Oh, man. So asked early in his career what Wes does in his spare time. He was, um, he was a rookie. And when he was in college, he was really serious. He went to arts college and he was really serious about painting. Uh-huh. So this is a quote. I like to paint murals of the ocean that I see beyond the horizon because I feel if in order for us to grow, we got to know in order to love the brother man, you got to know the other man, one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish, knickknack, paddywhack, give a dog a bone. Ding. End quote. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, he said that when he went to St. Joe's for school? <laughs> this is when he was a rookie at the NBA. Oh. People were asking him what he likes to do in his spare time. Oh, so he, oh, he went to arts. Jeez. So he One just, of the greatest NBA basketball quotes I had ever found, which is why we had to just make this the yes. LeBron James section. Ding. <laughs> <laughs> he ended that with ding. He's like the Charlie Sheen of the NBA. It's awesome. Oh. Thank you, Delonte West. And now it's time for a personal anecdote with Matt Baker. Yeah, for this personal anecdote, just, you know, let's, just for argument's sake, let's just say Daryl Morey is the smartest GM in the league. Mm -hmm. You know I like to say that, so I'll say it again. So this question for Matt is, if you could take, have you seen the movie Limitless? Uh, You don't have to have seen it. It's, you know, are you aware? Yeah, I, I, it seems like one of those movies that I would have seen, but honestly, I don't think I have. Yeah, you know, when I saw it when it came out, um, Bradley Cooper movie where he takes this drug that allows him to unlock, you know, every part of his brain that we're not using. TV show now, too. It's going to be a TV show now, too. When I was seeing it, I thought, like, you know, this is a movie that I've seen before. So, anyways, yeah, it's this drug that allows you to access these different parts of your mind. This one, in the movie, it's just like you access all your mind so you can do, you know, your full potential. Let's say that you had a choice of drug where you could know everything there is to know, but it's only about like a certain aspect or a certain uh, you know part of, of life or a certain topic. Right. You would know everything about that. Yeah. Which, which one would you choose if you could take this fictional drug? Uh, honestly, I, and this might be a weird cop-out answer. I don't think it is, but I really enjoy podcasting, and I like doing this, and I like talking with people. I would really like to be able to be... Oh, man. Yeah. Top score and know everything about that. I think it would, it's something I like. I mean, I could say, I'd like to know, I guess I could say, I'd like to know everything about sports and I could gamble on that. Yeah, but to me, yeah, but also, yes, but part, part of me, that book that reveals all the stuff has never appealed to me because I like watching sports and I like watching it unfold. It would ruin the, yeah. the drama. So I would, part of it, if I knew, if I knew next year the Suns were going to win the championship, it would, wouldn't be as fun. Right. So, yeah, so I would like to... Uh, so if you knew everything there was to know about podcasting, what do you think would happen? Probably still be sitting here with you <laughs> doing this podcast. Awesome. And, but we would be like the most successful podcast in the, in the world. Yes. And uh, we'd be people listening to us in the... They'd be translating us. 
Yeah. Into sign sign language podcasting. Yeah, sign language. Po- that's you it. You would have invented sign language podcasting because I would know sign language. You would know everything. Everything there is about. To know. Yeah. I mean, if you could, you would probably you could do we could do versions of the podcast in Mandarin. You know, because yes. you, would, you would have to know Mandarin to yes. know everything there is to know about podcasting. You are right. It would ultimate be ultimate communication. We'd have the guest who would be. Who would be the first few guests since you can have anyone you want? I mean, we're better than Mark Marin at this point. Yeah, I guess it would be, for this podcast, it would be uh, Bill Russell. Oh, cool. Jordan, he would love it. Barkley. Barkley. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. We could just have make Barkley our third. Uh... David Stern would want to come on here. <laughs> We gotta find we gotta find some of these drugs. We're in LA. Maybe we can score <laughs> yeah. this drug yeah. somewhere. Yeah, I, I I don't think we'll have a hard time finding drugs, Bob. <laughs> I think we could just walk outside and people will start handing it to us. Maybe if we take enough of some like street drugs, we'll think Bill Russell's sitting next to us here. That you, there you go. That's the best. That is probably the best way to do that. Next best thing. On the next episode of Brick House. So the sneak peek for the number four team in our final four breakdown, it's going to be sad when it's over. Uh, The sneak peek here, cool story, bro. This team is the best lineup they've ever had in franchise history. They have a lineup that got ragged on a lot for, for bitching too much and just being a bunch of general punks last season. Right. Well, they just added three more punk bitches oh, yeah. <laughs> to their team and a legend who also likes to complain. So I'm excited to see them play in person, another clue, Ooh. this upcoming season. Find out who makes their top four on the next episode of Brick House.